Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You've had a real long day. Nothing good is on the radio. So let's talk your troubles away. Just a couple of guys trying to analyze the things we do and see. Play a game or two, maybe an interview. Oh, what a place to be! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way! What a good sign! What a good thing! It's a good day for a good time with good hands. All right, um, today's going to be a dicey one. Um, yeah, man. It's 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 uh, contrary to what you just heard. It's not going to be a very good time. <laughs> um, it hasn't been very good days, but we'll we'll try our best to make it a good hang at least. Yeah, because I think the thing about the thing about hanging out with people, the thing about this podcast. I mean, we're always down for f- for lightness and frivolity and all that stuff. But I mean, like you hang out with friends, you t- you talk about things, you know. And the way the world is, it's like to avoid it is is quite simply not possible you know yeah um so just a couple of days ago a man by the name of george floyd was uh murdered when you say murdered he was killed he was murdered <laughs> he was murdered uh in the streets of minnesota I don't know, is there a different word for it when it happens in broad daylight in front of cameras and people stupid murder yeah dumb murder i guess so um and it's and it's affecting us and it's affecting you, I think, listener. If not, that's okay too. I mean, it's 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 unavoidable. It, well, it, it's definitely whether or not it directly affects you. It's definitely affected the periphery. Yeah, because it's it's impossible to ignore in this global village that we live in right now. Yeah, and like I don't know, I I I prepared for this episode just like I usually do by educating myself on what's happening and things I might want to talk about, and then I kind of just let it go. Yeah. That's kind of what I want to do right now, and I think that's on the tip of my mind now aside from being sad about what the fuck is happening, is that, like, why I feel so bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not American. I'm certainly not African-American. I'm not there. I'm not... But, like, Black Lives Matter, it's true. It's like that whole... It's the whole cliche thing of now, of like, at this point, it's cliche of people... Or, like, if it's not out there, if you haven't heard this yet, you have to. The idea that, like, some people will say, well, isn't it all lives matter? Of course it's all lives matter. But the problem is that black lives don't matter. Yeah. Black lives matter and all lives matter is the same thing. But looking at it like all lives matter is like is looking from a place of privilege, a place of ignorance, and you're lucky if that's some, that's the viewpoint you can take. You know, you're not marching the streets. You're not being. You're not afraid going for a jog. You know, fuck. Well, so we're, yeah, we're, we're 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 kicking it off with that. And yeah, the, well, the best explanation or like the most simplistic explanation that made a lot of sense that I heard actually came from Billie Eilish. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was really, really good. Yeah, she said something along... Uh, I don't know if I can quote it directly, but she oh, said something... Long. It was a long post. Yeah. It was like three Insta stories yeah. or something. She said something along the lines of... Um, uh, in the debate of, you know, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, if um, a friend of yours got horribly cut in the hand 
Would you a help that friend, assist that friend, and try to heal the wound, or b tell them about you know that one time you cut your hand really bad three years ago, or like how that one time your friend cut his or her hand yeah. two years ago, and how bad that was. And, and it like, was also like it's I'm not going to go to every person and offer them a band aid. I'm going to go to the person who's cut right. Exactly. Because it's not all hands matter. It's the person that's cut's hands matter. It's about the most pressing issue at the moment. And it is horrific to say that, even though you know it is the hot topic at the moment, it's been the it's been a topic for decades, Un- incredibly long, decades, long, long, long. And as as long as like you know the internet age has existed, events like this have happened many times. This yeah. isn't the first time we've even spoken about this. Yeah, with this much Not weight this on the show. Yeah, yeah, it has happened multiple times. Um, it's e- like even the whole, like, you know, like one of the 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 lines that keep getting repeated is "We can't breathe," right? Yep. That was that happened five years ago as well, five or six years ago. Um, I can't recall his name, but Ferguson, he was right in Ferguson. Yes, yeah. he was like this huge um, black guy who was taken down by four or five cops, and they pretty much choked him out um, on the spot as well. And the, 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 the big line for that was also, I can't breathe. Because I remember thinking, like, oh, why does this sound so familiar? Oh, yeah, because we literally, like, just experienced this not too long ago. Yeah, Michael Brown, that's why it's, that's why it's we can't, I can't breathe again. <sighs> it's fucking crazy. But yeah. just, just if I can come back a little bit. So my point was, is that, like, if you're feeling affected and you're a little curious, it's quite simple that you are a human being. And so was Michael Brown, and so was George Floyd, and so was Philando Castile, and so was Sandra Bland, and all the names go on and on and on and on, and it's fucking ridiculous. And I feel like my race has this awful cancer that wants to be that needs to be exorcised. You know what I mean? It's like it's just the human up. race, the human race. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and it sucks, and it's sad, and uh, I don't know what to do about it. Like aside from this, I mean, this is the little drop in the ocean I have this little this humble little podcast with you my humble little listener just letting, letting us share our thoughts and maybe I don't know maybe we can do a little bit of change and try to understand and make peace and make sense of this whole thing yes well th- the hope in us talking about this is that we're kind of preaching to the choir here that's I the, hope so I hope that's <laughs> the hope that's the hope that most of you are pretty much on the same boat as us and yeah. you have the same empathy regardless of race regardless yeah. of you know country regardless of continent or whatever like this thing is affecting like humans in general because one thing that i've been seeing a lot of is people when, when they talk about this especially in this part of the world they're like oh this is not our problem you know i would be such a busybody. Yeah. like we have our own problems to sort out yes and no i understand that perspective mm. of course i understand that perspective when you have like you know poverty in your own country or if you have unemployment in your own country especially in the midst of this covid outbreak you have so many um problems that are on the doorstep of many many different countries mm. but this is a problem that people have been experiencing i say people humans whatever it is collectively for the longest time hundreds of years hundreds and hundreds of years and the thing is yes you can say that oh it doesn't relate to me blah 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 what does it matter um i i i i i, I kind of okay like i don't know if this is a good analogy but think about it this way the same way how i can have an emotional connection to somebody by talking about 
Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. for example, <laughs> like something that is created somewhere else and doesn't have any Asians in it or whatever, or not yeah. many. And like I can I can relate and talk about it, and how I relate about it, how I talk about it, is a reflection of who I am. Yeah, and I can relate to somebody else about that. I think the same thing can happen with such horrific events such as this. I'm not trying to downplay it, but I'm just trying to say that what is the harm in talking about it, trying to assess your feelings about it, trying to assess the feelings of the others around you about it, try to understand each other better Mm -hmm. so that, you know, we at least feel like we are trying to head towards the same direction. Mm -hmm. Regardless of whether we are black or white or brown or yellow because I... We all bleed red, you know what I mean? Racism is not exclusive to Minneapolis at the moment. Of course not. <laughs> the, the, like, uh, uh, an extremely horrific uh, 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 um, example of it recently happened there. But to say that race... like, Because is, it is what it is, right? It's racism. Mm-hmm. To say that, oh, this has racism has nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. that cannot possibly be true. Yeah, because... Like I said, man, it's like... I'll even equate to like fucking like the almost the way that I can kind of get my wrap, wrap my head around it is like through sci-fi. It's like you know all those shows where it's like Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever. It's like they don't think of you as like they don't clump you by countries. There's no country. It's like, it's like you're the planet that you belong in. This race you belong to, and that's who we are. We are the human race. We're all Earthlings. We're all human. It's like you hurt us, you hurt us all. That's how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. All right, man. It's crazy. Three. I'm check this out. Two. two one. one. So, so this, that timer that you set, John, would you like to explain? Yeah. So we started that timer at the beginning of the episode, and I set it for eight minutes and forty six seconds. Now think back how long you've been listening to this podcast, or you know maybe you're doing your dishes, maybe you're sitting on the train, maybe you're just at home listening. Whatever you are, that that was eight minutes and forty six cents seconds from the end of our theme song to this moment, and that's how long that police officer had his n- fucking knee on George Floyd's neck. That's, that's a long time. It's a bit too long. That's why UFC has referees to stop chokes. <laughs> because oh, the mo- because a human being can't withstand a choke for that long. Oh, God. A human being is... It, 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 once you cut off the air supply, then like death happens until un- unless resuscitation happens very soon after. But Nathan, he could talk. He's fine, right? Fucking mm. that's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like, oh, God. I think one of the most heartbreaking things that I've seen come out of this is like, I mean, there's a whole fucking list of things Mm. that have been heartbreaking about this, but to see the response from uh, the people over in the US trying to justify it or trying to downplay it by either raising up the fact that he had pre-existing health conditions. so stupid. That is just... Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, I had a flu, and but then I still died because I had a knee on my yeah. throat hole. Oh, fuck me. My brain needed oxygen. That's my bad. Oh, yeah. No, I should have taken care of that diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's one thing. But, I mean, that's worse because you know what that is? That was the official coroner's report. Yeah. But they, there was an independent coroner's report. I don't know if you read this. This was like an hour, two, or three hours ago that it broke that like uh, an independent coroner's report came out. Uh, they were hired by the family. Yeah. And guess what? He died from asphyxia, from being unable to breathe. Yeah. That was the official co- that was the independent uh, coroner's uh, official finding. Yeah. It was the cause of death. 
And then there's people also saying that, oh, this is not the, 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 the work of the police force. Like, this is just a, the work of some few bad apples. Which Ugh. we have heard that argument multiple times before. Yeah. Which then blows my mind. Like, like do, no. do, do you just assume that people are dumb? Like, they no. can't remember God. something that happened a handful of years ago and also, that you're using the exact same rhetoric to try to defend it. I mean, did you read Chris Rock's response? No. Oh, I love his. His is like a few bad apples, but like some jobs you cannot have a few bad apples. Yeah, no. You can't have a pilot who's going to be like, I think I'm going to hit a mountain now Yeah, I'm a bad apple. You can't have a bad apple doctor. We know those exist, but and the thing, the thing is like, okay, it's a bad apple. Um, Nathan, if I literally have a dozen apples and one of them is bad, um, I take a bite into it, it's like, it might be a little bit, uh, a little bit gross. I can throw it away. Or even worse, it's so bad that I can see it and I can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. That's what you do to bad apples. Yeah. <laughs> They're either not that bad. Yeah. Or they're so bad that it's obvious and you get rid of it. Yeah. This fucking thing analogy is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> the A huge part of what... And sorry if we're just jumping around because there's just so much to digest. But um, one of the few things that I, I never quite understood, which might be you know uh, a demarcation of a much deeper problem, is that you would think that once they put body cameras on police officers, <laughs> that things would get better. You would think that after like the 8,000th video of police violence is posted online, that they would kind of wake up to the fact that maybe we should stop doing this. Or, you know, the the, the weird like uh, 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 um, twisted part of my mind is like, why don't they do more of this like, you know, behind closed doors? No, the, <laughs> like, the, the twisted thing is that they don't see that it's wrong. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's, you know? it's, 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 it's clearly marking a much deeper issue because you would think that all these things would, would, would stem the behavior, you yeah. know, like it would just stop it if people were aware that, okay, if I do this bad thing, like I, I will get destroyed. If, if I am seen doing this horrible thing, I'll get destroyed. But still, clearly, because, you know, for example, if I was shoplifting from a store with no cameras for like a month, and then suddenly they install four cameras in every corner. I'm probably going to stop shoplifting from that shop. Unless I had an insatiable desire to steal shit. Unless I had an like a, like a unquenchable thirst to like continue stealing from that store. And that makes me think that this is... It, it runs so much deeper. Because they've been burned... I say they, I mean the police, the authorities. They've been burned so many times by the same fire... But still, there doesn't seem to be any kind of learning. And it is extremely alarming to me. It is ex- it's deeply alarming to me that, like, something as basic as the fear of getting caught hasn't stopped them from reprehensible behavior. There's, there's so many layers to this. Like, you talk about body cameras. But how about, like, media cameras? Yeah. Like, there's news... There's news affiliates at the scenes of some of these protests and they are being targeted literally being attacked yeah. by cops yeah. like there's such clear as day footage of a cop with a fucking it looks like a paintball gun shooting rubber bullets at a reporter yeah there is footage of a reporter being um uh tear gassed yeah there was footage of a of the new york senator being tear gassed yeah they're targeting the media so it's like it's fucking crazy and like here's where i here's where my head automatically goes it's the fucking trump if Trump is talking about the fake media this, the fake media that, Antifa this, Antifa that, if you are, if you believe in our president, th- how how can you not get stoked by that? 
Yeah. I'll be like, there's the news media trying to paint us in a bad light. Let me get rid of them. It's yeah. fucking crazy, man. I, I, I See, that could be true. However, when I look at, you know, all of the, the violence that has happened since, all the violence that has happened uh, that is clearly documented in the news because of, like, protests and riots and all of that, when I look at that violence, uh, yes, there's a hint of that, but I'm also thinking that there is just so much anger and trauma. Mm-hmm. There is such a deep disturbance right now in in the hearts and minds of everybody there that humanity that something as basic as another person's safety it it starts to get thrown out the window a little bit yep when you know tensions are just so fucking tight because we've seen like tons of footage of like police cars driving through crowds people Brooklyn. like you know like yeah. all, all those things there was even uh, a footage recently that came up a bunch of officers like ambushed a car dragged them out tased them pepper spray everything and the two aggressors were two black officers and the people in the car two black young people i do i've seen everything yeah can i just so, say that i've seen everything i've been yeah. black pe- i've seen black people supporting the riots i've been seeing black people talking out against it yeah i've seen black people looting i've seen white people looting yeah. i've seen black cops i've seen white cops yeah. I've seen fucking everything it's so crazy. At, at some point it stops becoming purely just about race at some point it's really just there is this there is this goblin there is this demon that is just festering in the soul of the people over there because it's been such a heavy, heavy time. Yeah. And it's just getting heavier and heavier. On top of all that, you have the virus. On top of all that, you have jobs being lost. On top of all that, you have systemic racism. So, like, of course, that is only going to breed aggression. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, because of that, then I'm going to go back to the top, right? Mm-hmm. Because at all times... People at the bottom look towards the top to lead by example. And it's unfortunate that in these last few years, the United States has not really had that bastion of hope or empathy (laughs) or humanity. You know, like you can argue all you want about whether he's done a good job or whether he's, you know, been effective or whatever. But you cannot argue the fact that he has sown so many seeds of division in almost every aspect of life over there mm-hmm. be it the media be it just like holidays be it like the social media everything he has sown a seed of division in almost every aspect of life that suddenly it has no longer become about like um, oh, this person is wrong about that, but right about this. It has purely just become, if you believe in this side, then you are completely wrong. Hmm. And, and we see a, manif- a manifestation in that in like how the states have opened up um, in regards to the uh, quarantine, the corona right. quarantine. Like You look at a map of states that have opened up and the degree of which they open up, and then you look at a map of blue states and red states, <laughs> and it's almost the same. It's almost like the red states are opening up because they don't care. The blue states are not opening up that much because they 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 care about whatever. And that's when it, it, it crosses the point of logic and it goes into the point of just kind of like almost cartoonish behavior. Because it's no longer about understanding. Understanding is out. Empathy is out. Mm -hmm. Humanity is out. It has become us versus them in so many aspects of life that, of course, when something comes up as dramatic, as, 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 as traumatic as George Floyd's case, as Ahmad Arbery's case, as all these things that have happened in the last few, few months, of course, that is only going to create like something that looks very close to war. Yeah. And it's crazy because like everything you just said then can basically just be, 
uh, summed up into four words, and it's what people are chanting, right? No justice, no peace. Mm-hmm. Like, until there's justice, there can be no peace. Yeah. You can't, and then you can't feel peace until there's justice. You know, yeah. and that's why it's, it's, it's a beautiful message and so simply, simple and so distinct. Cause like, yeah, that's, that's, you, it, yeah, I only thought about this now actually. Cause there's people walking down the streets chanting loudly, no justice, no peace. Yeah. In other words, we're not going to give you peace until you give us justice. Yeah. But then like the, the deeper meaning is that there can be no peace if there's no justice. Yeah. You know what I mean? You well, can't yeah. have one without the other. It goes back to um, this thing that Trevor Noah um, spoke about a few mm-hmm. days ago when he, w- when he voiced his opinions on what happened. I thought he put it very, very nicely, especially in regards to the riots and the looting and, you know, all the chaos. He said something along the lines of um, the social contract, like there is an unspoken social contract between a citizen and the country that they live in. That's what society is, yeah. Yeah, society is about those like unspoken social contracts. Like if I... um, if I have health care and I have an education and I have the ability to thrive in this um, uh, uh, economy, uh, then uh, I will not kill people and steal shit and be horrible. You know, there's that kind of social contract. And in the eyes of a lot of African-Americans living in the U.S. now, the social contract has not been upheld. It has not been uh, honored because over and over again, they see people that look like them get unjustifiably murdered, mm-hmm. dumb murdered. And because of that, they no longer feel the obligation to uphold their end of the social contract. Therefore, it's, it's, it's all for the taking. Yeah. Chaos, riots. It's looting. like it's a rules. If you don't need to, it feel it's like you don't have to abide by the rules if the rules don't have to abide you. You know what I mean? I and I completely <laughs> understand that because okay, like like let's talk about the 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 big topic or like the big um, conflict right now where a lot of people are saying that the riots are bad, that the that the the looting is bad, all of that. Like, what do you think about that? That's a lot, right? That's yeah. that's and that's 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 a, all Trump is talking about. Exactly. The only way that he has been talking about this is not through um, sympathizing with George Floyd. It is not through sympathizing with um, uh, the African American community. It has just been about the looting and the rioting is bad and it's evil and the people involved in it are evil and they're thugs. That has been his narrative. Yeah, and that has been the narrative of a lot of people right now because of that in the news media that the rioting is bad, that the looting is bad. And I'm curious how you feel about that. Like, there's so many things I've read. I'm trying to remember the most poignant ones. Forgot who posted this, but some random celebrity (laughs) was like, the natural way of thinking about it is like, it's awful that George Floyd died, but looting is not the answer, right? Or, but the looting has to stop. But like, I've, and then again, here's another thing. Like, there's that famous saying that everything that comes before the butt is bullshit. So what are you flipping around? So it's like, oh yeah, it's bad that this guy died, but the looting has to stop. So the more important part is what you're trying to say is looting has to stop. You flip it the other way. It's awful that these businesses are being looted, but the death of black people has to stop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like... And it's like it's so systemic and it's so wide that you can't stop it. And I'm talking about both things. I'm talking about both the rioting and the looting and 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 then the people, the black people who were being killed. But also, it's also it's like 
fuck, what, what, what can you do? What can you do when you have no voice, when you're, no one refuses to listen via yeah. politics and elected officials? Like, you try to get these laws passed and it's not working. Yeah. All you can do is, like, is just lash out, you know? There is a reason for revolt and protest. People rarely, rarely, rarely ever protest when they are not feeling oppressed. <laughs> like, that's just logic. Like, why would anyone protest? Why would anyone riot in the streets unless they felt as if there was an unjustified oppression against them? And sometimes some protests are kind of silly, you know, but, you know, most times they are justified and they have their salient points that they want to get across and are not being heard. That's why they choose to, you know, get out on the streets and make sure that they're being heard. Like, I've also seen the same things that you've been seeing that, you know, that, that it's not the right way to go about this with the protesting and the rioting. Yeah. Then, like, the question then goes back, what the fuck is the right way then? What is the right way to head towards justice and to head towards some some semblance of of equality, even though, you know, equality is an ideal, really? Mm. But what is the right way? Because from what I've seen, there have been peaceful ways, like taking a knee. That's also not right. That's also like lashed out against. That's also bad. There is um, like peaceful protests. That's also not the right way. Then there's violent protests. That's also not the right way. So what the fuck is the right way then? Like how, what, what do they need to do? Like I think this is more of a question to the people that are constantly saying it's not the right way, it's not the right way. Like are you sure that you're just saying that because you think there is a better way? Or are you saying that because you know that there is no better way but you also don't want to let go of the power and privilege? But that's that, the thing, right? It's, yeah. it's, also, it's also like, I mean the right way are the peaceful protests which... I have to scan every little thing, but from what I understand, every single protest started out as a peaceful protest. Of course. Then something happened. A spark happened. Either it was police brutality first, someone, one of the, one of the, the protesters getting angry. Yeah. There's legit, I, I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but there, are, there's some, a lot of evidence to, fo- to show that like white people are like, People who work for the police are doing things like graffiti and starting looting. There is stuff. actual video evidence. Right? I've seen a few videos of like people of like um, white people smashing shit, destroying property, yep. and then like there'll be a black guy videoing it, going like, "What are y'all? Black people, yeah. What are y'all doing? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, like that's and, not us. Like a white lady was spray painting BLM, like Black Lives Matter on the board, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Don't do that," because the black lady was like, "Don't do that," because they think it's gonna be us. I'm like. But we're doing it to support you. Yeah, but you're doing it the wrong way. Yeah. No, the, and there's also like the conspiracy theory of how like there's white supremacists engaging in violent riots in order to make the black people look bad. And you know, whether or not all this is true or not, that's only going to come out with time, right? It's we're still like right in the thick of it in the middle of it. But I think the fact that there is so many like <sighs> like just the fact that there is division about that alone like there's division about the fact that a a group of people are trying to find justice for themselves against a government that doesn't care or against a system that doesn't care Mm. you would think that or like the ideal is that then all of the people below the system below the authority will speak out against it but that hasn't been true again yeah. because there's division in every single part aspect of life so there is there are there are people that are going against it in every ladder of society and because of that it's it sometimes delegitimizes a movement for some people 
it vilifies a movement to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it really is heartbreaking to see. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, uh, talk a little bit about, and, and, you know, like, hopefully this episode is not going to just be all this because then it would just be yeah bummer, 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 bummer. Although it's an important bummer and it's one that <laughs> we should all like, you know, make sure that we engage in, in some way. But, you know, we're still here to entertain you, whatever. Yeah. But um, I wanted to talk about how we can help here. I want to talk about how, like, uh, something is so far away, we can still be... Uh, we can still be a part of the conversation. Because what I've seen a lot of is people, like I said earlier, saying that it's none of our business, why care, you know, like, you know, don't be so capable, you know, it's like, don't try to, like, don't be a poser. It's none of your business. Um <laughs> You've actually seen stuff like that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. Check out the Straits Times comments. I, Check I'm, out the comments oh of gosh. like people that have posted like, you know, a hashtag Black Lives Matter photo on their Instagram and then like there's comments saying like uh like uh well you think you black uh like uh, Yeah, it's things like that. <laughs> it's things like that that is like you're it, missing the point. Right? We don't need to be living in that country we don't need to be an african-american we don't need to have you know those direct life experiences in order to speak out against injustice but i also understand that like some people might feel like we're helpless in this part of the world that there's very little that we can do to lend a hand lend a voice to the oppressed i will say that every act no matter how big or small, is important. Mm. Whether you choose to donate, whether you choose to sign a petition, whether you choose to repost a, a Instagram story, whether you choose to have a conversation with a friend about it, yeah, man. there is no such thing as a as a unworthy act of kindness towards a very, very important time in our history. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, educate yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like... I, I that's the where some people are like, oh, I can't take it. it's too sad, or like, oh, I don't. It's, eh. it's like you have to, you have to, you have to accept this is happening. Like you think you're sad, imagine being George Floyd's mother. Yeah, father, like the, the thing is, like, like you can't say that you're tired of hearing about racism, even though you know it's really such a a, a big part of the social zeitgeist over the last, like even more so, like yeah. in the internet age, right? As long as we've had the internet. It seems like it's it's been about this these racial politics. Mm. So like, there's always people saying, "I'm tired of hearing about it." I'm tired of hearing about it. Like, yeah, sure, poor you. You're tired of hearing about it. How about people that are experiencing exactly. it on a daily basis? They're, I'm sure they are exhausted, but they don't have the option to just close their eyes and like look at yeah. puppy pictures think, on I Instagram. Think, I think it's a balancing act, right? Because I think you have to like, if you're truly. I mean, you really do have to care, take care of your mental health and well-being, your emotional health and emotional well-being. But yes. you need to have that perspective. Yes. You have to at least understand that it's it's amazing that you have that ability to ignore this. Yeah. At the very least, you have to if you have to acknowledge that. Yeah. And then try a little more. Try to educate yourself a little more. Try to do what Nathan said. Try to reach out. Try to talk to someone. Try to donate. There's tons of places you can donate. Anything. Like literally anything that you can do that is a step towards the right direction. There is no step that is too small. Mm-hmm. But if you choose to use a important movement instead to incite hatred, if you choose to use an important movement instead to drag other people in the mud, 
that's when it becomes opportunistic. That's yeah. when it becomes exploitational. That's when it becomes kind of dark, to be honest. And like, I'm sorry, I'm being vague here, but yeah, I've been yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been seeing a few things online where they're kind of using this whole new like hot topic, this new conversation about race being brought up again to now call other people out for being racists, to call other people out for being like horrible people or hypocrites or whatever, um, or just, you know, completely try to defame somebody. And it's, it's just not the right way to use this conversation. Mm-hmm. It is not the right way to use this conversation, not at all. The, the first two examples that pop up in my mind that are closer to Singapore, I guess, yeah. is... Well, the first one was over the weekend. There was a very long conversation started about local rapper Shigashe. Okay. And about him needing to change his name. Uh, okay. Yeah. There was a whole conversation of him needing to change his name because it is defamatory. It is insulting towards black culture. It is exploitational of black culture. Um, because, you know, I guess because of the closeness of Shiga is that what it N-word. Is? It's supposed to rhyme it's, with the N-word? It's not... The Shigashe uh, made his name because uh, it's a phoneticization of the Chinese phrase Shigashe, yeah. which means who's that? Meaning, like, who is that person? Like, yeah. Shigashe, Shigashe. Like, it's, like, it's kind of like a yeah, condescending never... way that people have addressed him in, his, in the start of his career. That's great. And I've never once made the connection that's related to the N-word yeah. at all. And, like, the two Gs in it stand for Grizzle Grind, which is, like, his whole, his crew. And his, I'm, I'm not cool enough to know too much about that. But, um, yeah. People were using this um, very hot topic, this thing that everyone is talking about, this thing that everyone is posting about. And instead of trying to take a step towards a positive direction and contribute, they then choose to use this movement this as an opportunity to take other people down. That's crazy. And, it's ridiculous. You know, whether or, you know, say for, like, let's play devil's advocate. Say, yeah, his name is 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 derived from, 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 from the N-word or whatever. Say, for example, it is, even though, you know, I know the guy and it's not. Say, for example, it is. Is the right way to have that conversation than to, like, like crucify him in Put public? Him yeah. yeah. Because now... You go to his page and there's a whole conversation. It's like there's like hundreds of comments on his Instagram basically, change your name, change your name, change your name. So okay, look, suddenly the conversation is no longer about the oppressed. The yeah. conversation is no longer about finding justice. The conversation is now about a oh, herd like a like a angry mob standing outside someone's house, like yelling about something that is, you know, may or may not be true. Yeah. When there are far more important conversations to have, Nathan, that's so messed up, and I, it's absurd, and I just have to laugh. Maybe, maybe just chuckle, but don't worry, I won't snigger. <laughs> <sighs> well, another thing that popped up uh, was in the last few days was friend of the show, Dikash. Mm. Whole bunch of people have been digging up his old tweets where he used the N word. And uh, he he did. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, okay. All <laughs> right, so at, at the moment, I'm on their side. Keep going. <laughs> he did use the N-word yeah. um, uh, uh, a few times, like a few years ago in his tweets, just, you know, casually as a way to just, you know, just casually using it. To be um, controversial? just because No, no, just because it was, yeah. like, the thing is, like, that a lot of people don't understand is that in this part of the world, especially 
like amongst younger people, sometimes the N word is kind of just thrown around as like a cultural, which I think is so fucking wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, like, but but you yeah. also have to understand in the context of this country, that word has no weight, and because of like a, th- there are barely any African Americans in Singapore, but the, still, the heavy, it's like you're, you're skipping a step. I, I mean, know the idea is that like okay, oh they're getting they're getting it through rap music or through movies and stuff. Yeah, I'm not trying to justify yeah. it really. I'm just trying to explain like the 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 why it is why it's used by so many sure, young people. Sure. Here. And I've heard it from older young people, younger young people. It's just kind of thrown around casually. I remember I used it when I was like in primary school yeah. because like I heard it in D12 songs yeah. and G unit songs and DMX songs. And, I, and I'd use it, you know, just as like, hey, what's up? N word. Yeah. <laughs> and then like I, at, at some point, I stopped like around like 14 or 15 just because yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Um, you start because you, I started watching movies where oh, black people got very upset. <laughs> I mean, they they had to do that. Yeah, like the first wave of black culture coming out was like just again. Yeah, but then the next wave with like the dear black people or the black yeah. and stuff. Where it's yeah. like, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, there was a whole episode of um dear dear white people that oh yeah dear white people excuse me of uh, where like these this black guy and this white guy were getting along and they're at a party and they were yeah. singing. A uh, rap song, and the, the, because it's in the song, the white yeah. guy said the n word, and yeah. the whole episode was about that and the yeah. fallout and stuff. Mm-hmm. You just don't do it. Yeah, but well, but he anyway. did. He did. He used the n word in a few tweets and all that, and just used it kind of casually. And to be honest, I know a lot of people in the scene, a lot of people our age, that also kind of throw it around casually, um, but have also made an effort in the last few years because these tweets were from like four or five years ago. Um, they have made an effort to educate themselves, to um, understand deeper, you know. And D, he did apologize for it like a year ago or two years ago. He apologized for his use of the word and he has not used it liberally since. Um, but still, yes, his use of the word is wrong. But is using this important conversation about race to now expose somebody for past wrongdoings that have you know since been corrected but you know because you want attention you want yeah, clout yeah, yeah. you want people to talk about what you've been posting but therefore what, you drag someone through the mud about it i think that is far more insidious well, what's the thing was it like deposted something and someone responded say hey but you did this before is that what it was he posted yes. something about the recent okay yes that's the thing is that like and i'll stand by this i fucking think hypocrisy is over villainized <laughs> I just because that's what it is, right? People are just like you, fucking hypocrite. It's like no, 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 wait, 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 wait. What's worse, someone being a hypocrite or black people being killed? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, it's for, like, for for me, is what's worse, someone with no harmful intent casually using a word, mm. or somebody who has the intention to yeah. drag someone down in the mud. That's worse too, and to crucify that person on social media. I would say that the latter has actual Machiavellian yeah. intentions whereas the true. first one is more of a faux pas but I, and I think it, but I think that's what the root of it is is that humans have such an innate disgust of hypocrisy yeah it's almost poisonous it's almost like ugh, get that taste out of my mouth you're a hypocrite ugh. Mm-hmm. but then but then you you disregard one their original message B the fact that they've changed and C fuck you yeah <laughs> like you know what I mean it's yeah. like well, okay, so so like um, to to go further on this, yeah. um, uh, Fuzz Faka Fuzz has he ever been on the show? No, he should be though. Yeah, we we'll fix that. We'll fix that. Um, he recently did a podcast that just dropped two days ago, um, where he spoke to a uh, comedian friend of his, an African American comedian friend of his that lives in the U.S., mm. and they spoke extensively about the use of this word. Mm. 
And they spoke extensively about how he, Fuzz, has used that word before, Mm -hmm. casually, just throwing it around casually. And they actually had a useful, constructive conversation about it. As as opposed to being like, "Ah, but you said this and you said that back in 2015. Like, to to shit on somebody before you understand what their intention is to choose to crucify someone instead of educating them it's 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 just taking a thousand steps backwards you know like i know like maybe doing the other thing is easier or it makes you feel good or it like boosts that part of your mind that just has that schadenfreudian like little thing that wants to 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 go yum 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 you know but it is so much more useful to have like to have proper conversations and educate yourself because like Here's the thing, like, 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 uh, to, to speak specifically on this use of the N word, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I grew up here, because I, I, I was born and raised here, I understand that people tend to use it kind of cavalierly. Yeah, it's less common nowadays, but every once in a while, you still hear it. Usually, just as like emphasis, it's usually used like the same way how someone would use a la. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is used for emphasis. It's just used as a thing. It's never used as a slur. Yeah. But the thing is, that word has power. Power yeah. that maybe some of us don't understand. Power that's uh, power and weight that some of us have never been in close proximity to. And to be honest, the only reason, the only reasons why that I kind of woke up to it is you know a TV and movies that kind of tell you that yeah it's not good but also because i had actual life experience like living in the u.s studying in a school where there was a very very mixed diverse group of people and for the first time in my life at the time when i was going to college making friends of african-american descent Mm -hmm. you know like i have never really i've never had black friends before but suddenly i am having conversations with them, being friends with them, going to their house for dinner, inviting them over. Like, it, it, suddenly it becomes so close to me. And also because firsthand I experienced, well, okay, how do I, how do I tell the story? <laughs> um, I was the manager of an acapella group. It's <laughs> a good place to start. <laughs> I was the manager of an acapella group in which there were black people, white people, brown people all over. Um, and there was once we were en route to a gig. And just playing music over the radio. Mm-hmm. Jay Z song comes up. One kid says, and he is like just just the whitest yep. boy ever. Almost like, clear, I bet. Experience. I mean, just imagine like the whitest white boy ever. Yep. Him, Larry Bird, like a young Larry. Honestly, Bird. not far. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he says, uh, "Oh, that word doesn't even rhyme with N word." He just huh. he just says it casually, you know, because like it was over. They was just playing in the bus, and we're en route to a gig. And he says, "Oh, that doesn't even rhyme with N word." Just as that, you know, uh, yeah, you know, just to say it. And at the time, I didn't think much of it. I really didn't think much of it. It was just kind of like a thing that he said. What was the other word? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was like just it's like tomato doesn't rhyme with the N word. <laughs> the N word. Yeah, but it was in a Jay Z song. Point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't think too much of it later, but. We arrived at the venue, mm. um, and in between sound check and the performance, we're all just hanging about. 
And one of the other members comes up to me because at this point I'm a sophomore. She's a freshman. Right. She comes up to me and uh, basically has a conversation about how that made her extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt. Doesn't help that she's from the south. Yeah. Um, because what we sometimes don't understand is that that word has a different weight to different people depending on where they're from. Yeah. You know, it means the same thing, but sometimes it's a little heavier to someone from Alabama versus someone from Massachusetts. And she was so deeply wounded by that that in the beginning, I'll be honest, I didn't really understand. Yeah. Because I, the the logical part of my brain was like, but context, and he didn't mean it in a way that's yeah. inflammatory. But like when I was listening to her speak, seeing her cry, yeah, then I was like, okay, this is something I don't understand. Yep, that's good of you for recognizing that. Yeah, yeah, because like because my brain was not recognizing why she was so upset, mm. but my heart knew that she was. Yeah, and it was then that I learned on a very personal, very real level that, okay, like, it's not okay. Completely not okay. This yeah. this word, the use of this, completely not okay. And also you see, like, the history in, 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 in which, like, someone who probably experiences racism on a daily basis, yep. how much that can be harmful, hurtful. And it's it's fucked because yeah. it's like And I understand that not everyone is going to have that close of an experience mm-hmm. but that's now on us to seek that education. Yeah, because like it's a generation, right? Like even take your friend for example, she knows what it means. Mm-hmm. Her mother knew what it means. Yeah. Her grandmother definitely knew what it means. Yeah. And all the way back, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we're in a position where, like, we're outside of that sphere. Well, I mean, I grew up in America, so I have a little bit more of a first-hand experience, I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when you're all you're getting it is from, you know, songs, from media, from TV shows and stuff, you skip a step. Like I said, it's like this word was used to lessen a whole people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? More than that, to yeah. kill whole people. You yeah. know what I mean? And then... These people took it back. They made the word their own, right? They started using it. Yeah. And then we only got that part. Yeah. We missed the whole beginning part. It wasn't in our DNA. It wasn't in our blood. It wasn't in our history. Yeah. All we listened to was Jay-Z. Yeah. And DMX and all those people. And then it becomes fun. It becomes like... But but Well, I mean, quite frankly, it becomes appropriation, right? It's like, ah, I'm going to use it because it's fun. It's, It's interesting. It's... It's fun to say or whatever. It's like, oh, it's my favorite rap song, or yeah. it's like I refer to my friends as this. Yeah, but you got to do a step. You got to do a step more. You yeah. got to investigate a little bit more. Well, um, Fuzz did speak about this on his podcast. I listen to that podcast. We're, we're, I'm, I'm talking about it, so you don't listen to it. Well, so right you now. only listen to us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck his podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, but um, the person he was speaking to, his name slips me right now. But he was saying that he understands the allure of sure. that word. Me he too. understands the sexiness of that word, and that's why he doesn't. Like and he, you know, he he's. I, I'm guessing just because he has had more life experience, he's a little bit older. He doesn't necessarily immediately prosecute people that uses it. Yeah, because he understands when out of context. He understands like the the the, the magnetism and the attraction of that word. Um, but you know, it doesn't help. 
In fact, it is probably the root cause of why it's still not okay because shit like George Floyd is still happening yeah. because oppression is still very real for that race. So, for example, if like someone calls me an Oriental or a chink, you know, sure, it has historical significance in being a way to, you know, uh, uh, step on a whole race of people. But I am also living in a country where I'm the majority race. Yeah. I am also privileged enough to have lived a life where I have faced very little oppression, very little discrimination because of the color of my skin. But when the whole race of people still continually experiences that on a global scale, because, you know, yeah, we see George Floyd, we see Ahmaud Arbery, we see all those cases and those horrors. Mm. But then we also see how our parents think about black people. Mm -hmm. We also see how the older generation looks at black people. Mm -hmm. We see how sometimes we might react to other people of different skin color. And that is when you cannot deny that it is still a problem. That that racism towards any different race is not just a problem that is specific to a specific part of U.S. right now because of a specific crime. It is a problem that is... It, 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 it's, it's something that is so deeply rooted in the human psyche. I mean, the fact that we can go on for it, for it, for it so long in this podcast is proof enough that it's everywhere. It's a complex, yeah. multi-thing, and it has to change. Yeah. You know what I mean? Simple things are, are easy to change, but complex things are hard to change. But so. it is also... Yeah, start it's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, exactly. It starts with you. It's difficult yep. to like, you know, uproot an entire system of beliefs or whatever, right? But it is easy to err on the side of kindness. It is easy to default to sympathy as opposed to trying to find a reason why it's wrong, Mm. as opposed to trying to justify why it's not the right time to speak about racism or why it's, like, none of our business. Like, actually, no. Let me take that back. The inverse. Hmm. It is much easier (laughs) to say that it's not our problem. It really is. It is much easier to ignore. It is much easier to say that it's not the time to speak about it. It is more challenging to try to engage in a critical conversation. It is more challenging to try to uh, voice your opinions in a way that is helpful. Because I'm struggling like a motherfucker right now. <laughs> like I know in my heart what I feel is right. But to have a conversation and a dialogue about it yeah. takes a bunch of brain power. I'm going to be very sleepy after this. Fair. You know, it's not easy. It takes effort. But like... It's an effort that is worthwhile taking because the status quo is a horrible fucking thing to keep. Yeah. Like, I I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but I really don't think that a lot of people are truly racist. Yeah. Especially in in, in, in our generation. I really don't feel like people are like racist in the way of like, oh, that race, I hate them. No, I don't think that is true for a majority of people. But I do think a lot of people are very comfortable in their kind of little enclaves. I mean, I think you're kind of going to the territory of like um, what Rhett wrote about in his article. Yes. uh, uh, Rhett of Rhett and Link put up an IGTV video. Um, uh, He read out a piece that he wrote for medium.com called Letter to a White Man. Yeah, we'll post the link. But the gist of it is that he wrote a letter to himself from a couple years ago. Yeah. Basically, since the Black Lives Matter movement started, basically, he's reflected more and tried to figure out what his deal is. Yeah. 
And it's the same. He brought up all these really salient points. He's like, I know you're not racist, like talking to himself. I know you're not racist, but this, 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 and this. I don't, I'm not articulating it well enough. I don't yeah. memorize enough to know. But yeah. I think you're right, Nathan, that like there's less people who are outwardly racist. But I think, unfortunately, systemic racism is worse than ever. You know, mm-hmm. like there's so much. Um, I, I don't think it's right. I think it's more laziness than anything. Yeah. And, 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 and it's arguably laziness is a harder thing to fix than racism sometimes, arguably. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, all it takes is to reach out to a different culture or a different religion, uh, someone that looks different to you, to reach out and try to understand it's not easy sometimes. You know, I went to I went to um, a university in a different country, mm-hmm. and I saw that you know people tend to want to stick with their own Singaporeans. Like they would just hang out with the Singaporeans mm-hmm. because they're not racist towards other races. They don't hate Spaniards or Mexicans or Argentinians. It's just challenging. Yeah. Sometimes it really is challenging. You have to step out of your comfort zone. Any kind of um, uh, a disturbance to your status quo, to your norm, is never easy. Same can be said for trying to get fit, you know? Like, the first few weeks are going to be tough. The inertia to even start is sometimes very difficult. But the results are... They speak for themselves. Yeah. You know? I really think it's less racism, more laziness. And people need to get up off their asses and make an effort to understand, as opposed to idly sitting by and... You know, like to 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 just say like, oh, that's wrong. That's okay. At least that's not bad. But the next step to that is now trying to really practically understand, really practically try to engage. Because you know, I, I I'm sure my parents don't hate black people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure my parents don't think what happened to George Floyd was justified. But whether or not they would be willing to engage on their own accord Mm -hmm. in a conversation with an African-American person to try to understand that person and try to understand their experience, Uh I personally don't think that that would happen because that's what happens when your laziness becomes calcified over decades you just stay put in that comfort zone. So I'm hoping that if just this generation of younger people, the Gen Zs, millennials, that before we get too set in our ways, as you know they say, um, that we make some kind of effort. They don't have to be um, of any specific race. If there's literally any other culture that you wish to understand a bit more, like reach out to them, reach out on a human level to try to have conversations about this. Like I feel very lucky to be in a uh, environment or at least a working environment that I am surrounded by other cultures and races. Mm. Mm. That might not be true for everybody. Maybe you are in a job where you are surrounded by the exact same race. Yeah, that can be true because you know then it goes back to jobs and economics. Blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm lucky enough to to be to be involved in a scene where I am constantly engaging in these conversations with with Malay people, Indian people, like understanding their personal experience, and that shit's invaluable. Yeah, but it's not easy. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. It's like. Well said, well said, all well said. And I think very valuable. I'm sweating. Yeah, as you <laughs> should. Racism is tiring. But like... 
that's what systemic racism is, isn't it? It's like the unseen, unnoticed forces that causes small little things in your behavior. Yeah. goes back to people throwing around the N-word for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's like the system is what did that. Mm-hmm. Now, what caused that in the system? What allows it to be okay? I don't know. But it's our it's our it's job not, to fix it. Like let's go, let's go back to the analogy of the bad cop, good cop thing. Mm-hmm. Bad apple, good apple. It's not that there are a couple bad apples. It's that it's that the orchard is fucked. Mm-hmm. The orchard being the system. Mm-hmm. There's all these small decisions that add up. Yeah. These all these small attitudes that get magnified. I don't know how to change it, but it does require everyone. Yeah. So what you're saying is right. We all have to explore ourselves and what we think and how we feel and how we interact and who we talk to and why. And and there's no better time to do it than now. Yeah. Because to a certain extent, I understand the, the plight of the older generation. They didn't yeah. have the access to different cultures and different life experiences and different stories as much as we do now. Mm. They grew up in a very insular time, in a time where like... You just keep your head down and work, and like the the, the environment around you is just the environment around you. The sure. immediate environment around you is just that's it, you know. But in the information age, where we have access to literally almost every person on the planet, we have no excuse. We have far less of an excuse to educate ourselves. If anything, we have a responsibility to educate ourselves and to have a deeper understanding of things that the previous generation was not able to, that's how you fix the system, by fixing an entire generation of people, by fixing our collective minds. Yeah. (sighs) That's a good place to end it, I think. Yeah, how was the OA? (laughs) Oh, it's good. It's sad that it's cancelled. Man, I thought... Damn it. And you never even watched Never Have I Ever. I saw, like, one episode... So good. Keep I saw one episode. It was nice and it was a nice light reprieve. Yeah, OA is a very deep, heavy, but wonderful journey. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's put an official bow around this topic for now. Yes. Yeah. I think one thing I, I um, I've been reflecting on and thinking about is this notion of the idea of not rest in peace, but rest in power. Mm-hmm. Right. And that there's any silver lining to be had about this horrible tragedy is that maybe you can look at George Floyd as a martyr, that he was the spark that lit the flame that is happening in America now that hopefully can lead to some change. The spark that leads to the flame that burns down the system or changes the system. And I hope, I hope that's the case. Yeah. And I hope, and I don't, I know, you know me, I'm not really religious. I don't really believe in afterlife or anything like that. But if he could look down and figure out, make some sense of all this thing. Hopefully it leads to change and hopefully he is resting in power. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, George Floyd's story is one of many. He is part of a much deeper tapestry of horrific violence that has happened over the last decade, even in this information internet age. Um, It just so happens that in a moment of almost like divine design, this has happened in a time where everybody is looking at their screens, yeah. where everybody doesn't really have life to interrupt them. Yeah. They no longer have that much of an excuse to not pay attention anymore. And something about that is kind of beautiful. Yeah, I really do think that because we have seen this happen multiple times. We have seen riots happen multiple times, yet very, very little has changed. Yeah. The silver lining is that this is happening during the times of COVID. 
it's happening during a time when nobody has any other excuse but to listen and to try to understand. Yeah. And because of that, I am hopeful, optimistic that there's going to be some kind of sea change. Yeah. And uh, speaking of hypocrisies and speaking of irony, it's like, forgot again who said this, but it was like, now's the time. If you want to share your opinion, maybe now's the time to shut up and just listen first. Mm -hmm. Because the black community is speaking so loudly. You just have to listen. Yeah. So try to do that as well, dear listener. Yeah. Oh. All right, so that's a bow on that yeah, for now. I guess for this episode, let's <laughs> let's 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 hope that uh, the conversation shifts in a more positive direction next week regarding this. Yeah, um, because again, we're right in the middle of it. You know. Yeah, and like, I, I, yeah, and we could. I mean, if 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 you're still listening, like you know, <laughs> if you're <laughs> still you. listening, yeah, I understand it's a bit alienating. Yeah. what we've been talking but about. But I think I think we had to talk about this, of course, and I, I'm glad that we did, and. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. George Floyd, rest in power. Yeah. Nathan Artono, thanks for the hang. Oh, we're done? I don't know. It seems like <laughs> it. <laughs> it feels like it. No, we like, like, we got to be a bit like, end it on a somewhat oh, okay. lighter note. Let's just, let's, let's like, have a bit of levity. Ooh, great. Tell me your favorite racist jokes. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't, I don't know any off the top of my head. Yeah, let's not go there, though. The only one I can think of is like the Filipino chicken nut bread one. Well, how does that go? You haven't heard that? I don't think so. Oh, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like not very... actually. Uh. It's a racist joke. It's not supposed to be PC, but also you're not supposed to say it. I was just joking. Uh, I, I want to say it now, though. Uh. No, never mind. Um, <laughs> the listeners know what this one is. But um, anyway... That's, a, that's systemic racist that as everyone knows it. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Um, Jeez. Um, yeah. Uh, how was the OA? Okay, so legit, I love the OA. Yeah. Um, it's heart, it's heartbreaking. My life is so hard that there's only two seasons and yeah. it's got, it got canceled. Yeah. But you know, there's worse things happening in the world. Yeah. No, like what I love, and I, I don't know if you, you listeners gave it a little check out, um, but OA is by no means a perfect show. It has a bunch of holes here and there, and it's, you know, um, uh, sometimes it doesn't make complete sense. Oh, but oh boy, do they go for it, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm starting to, like, like gravitate more and more towards, like, art that it has, like, that feels like there are not that many cooks in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know? Because I feel like... Yeah. Driven. Because we're so inundated in, like, the whole MCU and everything and, like, all the, the very polished Disney stuff. Which is not bad it by any means. It certainly has its place. Yeah, certainly has its place. But it feels different for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely feels different. Like, a, sh- a show like The OA was given so much creative freedom. So much, um, like, just bold-faced creativity that lacked a lot of the finesse you see from bigger HBO shows or whatever. That's the whole thing, right? That's all artists, all artists ever want if they're making film and TV is they want creative yeah. independence. And they were given it. And and a hell of a budget. Yeah. Like, and, and, and something about that was just so beautiful to watch because um, if you didn't catch the OA, I guess the closest like facsimile to the OA that came out in recent memory is another show called Sense8. Yeah. Yeah. It it was it was very like out there, and it was not very mainstreamy in that sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're both from Netflix. Yeah, but though I didn't watch since eight. Both shows have a very similar feel in the sense that like you can really feel the creators creating it, right? 
and like you feel very little meddling because the voice is consistent the voice is um ever present and it's just so fun to watch something that like you can you can really feel you know i like that's the thing about the oa even sometimes when my brain couldn't make sense of things like i still felt shit like no spoilers but at the end of season 1 that last scene like, I fucking cried, yeah, even yeah. though my mind was a bit like, huh? <laughs> like my mind I think was that's a, bit... a pretty consistent thing throughout the OA of like, huh? Why are there tears coming out? But also, <laughs> why is there an octopus doing that? Spoilers. That can't be a spoiler. Actually, yeah, because you'll fucking never see it coming. You'll never see it coming. possible. Yeah. But there's just... I can say a bunch of things that are not spoilers that are just like, just like... That's what the robots do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. It's so it's so weird and wackadoodle, but like it, it has so much heart. Like this, it's it's the exact same way of how I feel with uh, uh, another show that I I love and I'm currently rewatching, um, Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah, on the DC Universe thing because I recently heard last week that they got a season two. They did. I had no idea. I wasn't following the news about this because there's other things in the news, um, but. I loved Doom Patrol so much when it came out last year. It's one of my favorite things. Just one of my favorite things. Yeah. You know, it's not even my favorite superhero thing. It's just one of my favorite things, but definitely my most favorite superhero thing. And I really didn't think they were going to get a second season because when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this show is amazing, but also who the fuck is going to allow this to happen again? What the hell is DC Universe also? It's like... Yeah, it's confusing, like, it's right? Like, it's confusing. I believe DC Universe is a platform where you don't only have access to their whole library of like movies, cartoons, animation, animated movies, yeah. but you also have access to like all of their comics. Yeah. So it's like it's like a very whole thing, right? Okay. And they were also doing this thing for a while. I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but they were releasing a new episode of something every single week without fail. So like, like just being consistent. Yeah. So like, say for example, like January to February will be like every week new episode of Titans, which sucks. Then uh, March to April new episode of of Doom Patrol. Then May to June new episodes of uh, some Young Justice or whatever. So like every week there'll be a new thing. That's cool. I hope that becomes a calendar thing. Because yeah. yeah, I was talking to one of her roommates. She was like. Oh, this show's so good, but it sucks. I have to wait two years. I'm like, you just got to watch more things. So you have one thing coming out every week. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so that's what DC Universe is trying to do. They're just releasing a new thing, that's a cool. new episode of a new thing every week. But for my money, at least, the only thing that you should care about on DC Universe is Doom Patrol because it has the same feeling as OA, where you just feel that artistic voice. because And it's a fucking weird and twisted voice. Yeah. But it's... So, so, so good. Check it out. That's our official recommendation this week. Like, even compared to, like, other... Because, you know, it's it's like an off-kilter kind of superhero thing, which yeah, has been it, tried many times. Yeah. You see it with Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a cool vibe. I like the team that they put together and, like, the yeah. personalities and stuff. That's kind of fun. Like, if if you're thinking about, like, off-kilter, super, like, non-traditional superhero things, you think of Guardians of the Galaxy, you think of The Boys. Boys is great. You think of The Tick. You know, all these kind of off-kilter, like, oh, superheroes, what a silly concept kind yeah. of thing. But this show probably does it in the most beautiful way that I've ever seen because right. it's it's less a show about a superhero team and more about a show of broken people and second chances. Wow. Yeah. Strongly and, pitched. No, it's 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 just so fucking good. And I'm rewatching it slowly now I see before season two comes out. 
And um, I can't recommend it highly enough. Right. I'll check it out again. Like I, I got a couple episodes into it. It wasn't super my cup of tea, but I did enjoy what I watched. Yeah. So maybe I'll finish the first season in time for the second one. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. That's our official recommendation this week. What's yours? We're not uh, doing dueling recommendations Sometimes anymore. it can be. Sometimes it can't be. Yeah. I think if I'm going to recommend anything, it's got to be Ozark. Because that's yeah. what I've been jumping into. And it's really good. Bateman bad. Bateman bad. Breaking bait. <laughs> um... <laughs> It's about it's about this um, white collar crime. Mm-hmm. And credit, it's actually they talk about white. This show is super white. Yeah. Um, the Ozarks is this area of lakes that's like in Missouri. Yeah. So it's like this really kind of like redneck hillbilly. Oh, so area. it literally takes place in the Ozarks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought it was just like a cool no, name. No. So this guy is like um, he he uh, he's the he launders money for the for the Mexican mob mm-hmm. or the Mexican cartel, mm-hmm. and then he's doing it to do it. He moves to the Ozarks and tries to like. Launders with business there, and it's like dealing with his family and his family dynamics. What I like about this show, which might be maybe my favorite aspect of the show, is that unlike in a show like Breaking Bad, where it was like Walt and he had to keep it a secret from his family, mm-hmm. his family's all in on it. Yeah. Like he's working with his wife and his. So his it's two it's, kids it's, are it's, like, it's late Breaking Bad. It's season yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we start there. We start in Meteorez, and so it's three seasons have come out on Netflix. The first season was good. The second season I'm watching now is like is like good, but it's kind of like samey. Yeah. And I hear the third season is like one of the best things I've ever, ever. So I'm kind of like Ooh. powering through. So uh, that's our dueling recommendations, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Ozark. Yeah, because Ozark was one of those things that like has always been around. But like the moment I saw the pitch of season one, like, and I think it came out like right after Breaking Bad ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I saw the pitch for season one, I was I see like... what you're trying to do there. I was just like, I can't really quite turn my brain on for this, for more of this because... Better Call Saul exists. Yeah. And I I didn't really watch Breaking Bad for the premise, even though it was fascinating. Like I watched Breaking Bad for like the people behind it. Mm. And the people behind it are exactly the same for Better Call Saul. So I watched that instead. Um but yeah. Like I, I'm curious about Ozark. I've been tr- I've been looking for like a drama kind of thing to watch yeah, because yeah. i think like a lot like <laughs> lately i've just i think because the world has been so heavy yeah, lately i've just been watching a lot of like yeah pretty like light-hearted trashier kind of, like not trashy per se but just light-hearted things yeah yeah sure sure like doom more patrol escapism. yeah more escapism i've been watching like uh, uh doom patrol i've been watching i've been re-watching parks and recreation <laughs> on amazon um yeah it's oh. Also talking about what we talked about before, I've been listening to Wolverine, the podcast. It's Ooh. fucking awesome. So I'm going to plug that again if you guys haven't tried it yet. Okay, fine. If like, if, like, if we're going to plug another podcast, I will I will say that that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will say that that's one so, that is, if you're into like comic book things in general. Um, storytelling, like audio plays, which is really Audio cool. plays, yes. The, like, like a, what, yeah. was the, what was the, have you ever listened to an audio play? This is one of them. Yeah. This is crazy. Like, there's sound effects, there's foley, there's amazing voice acting. They even do like a binaural thing where if you listen to it with headphones, like, there's direction. Like, surround sound. Yeah, you can feel where the characters are in the space. And um, I love it. I binged both seasons of it, like, within four or five days. Yeah, I just went on very long cycles and listened to it. That's what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah. Okay, so in conclusion, listen to us. Uh, don't listen to Fuck of Us. <laughs> Maybe listen to Wolverine. <laughs> yes. And yeah, thanks for the hang, everybody. Thanks for the hang. And hang in there. What a place to be. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. 
It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way, what a good sign, what a good thing. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang.